welcome to Cartridge Command, your weekly retro gaming podcast where we discuss and review the classic and not-so-classic games of the 8- and 16-bit era. I'm Nick. And I'm Eric. And this week's game is ToeJam & Earl for the Sega Genesis slash Mega Drive. Yes, Commandos, you heard right. No Crystalis this week. So sorry. We've had a sudden loss here in the Cartridge Command family, but we didn't want to leave you guys and gals hanging this week. So, we threw this episode together at the last minute, and we're sorry if it's a little bit rough around the edges. Hopefully you'll still enjoy it, because this game truly is one of our favorites. It's a game Nick and I have shared over the years, and I'm really happy that, you know, we got to do it, even if it was at the last minute. ToeJam & Earl was developed by Johnson Vorsager Productions and published by Sega in October of 1991 in North America and before the end of the year in PAL territories and never to be seen in Japan. No kidding. Wow. At least not that I could find any uh, release dates for. Hmm. Now, this game was the brainchild of Greg Johnson of EA's Starflight series 1 and 2. Okay. And he wanted to make a sci-fi roguelike game. He was a huge fan of the original Rogue. Yeah, yeah, you can it's you can tell. And then he teamed up with Mark Vorsinger to work on the game, and they both uh, took what they had developed to Sega, who was looking for hip new IPs and new sure. mascot-style characters to compete with right. that Mario. Oh, yeah. So they bought this up. Although, Sega did not think that originally the game concept would work because they did not think the Sega hardware was robust enough to handle the two-player simultaneous split-screen mode that the developers wanted so badly. Wow. Well, it made it work. They did. In fact, they thought it was the key component to the gameplay. They thought thought of this as a two-player game with a one-player option. Yeah, yeah. And therefore, they really did everything they could to design it to work, and and it does. Now, ToeJam and Earl were used as Sega mascots for a few short years. Sure. This was... Is this still pre-Sonic or right around the same... I think it was right around when Sonic came out. Mm. But they were featured... In the Miniser minigame six-pack. Is that the gun? The that's big, the, yeah. yeah, that's the <laughs> Sega giant gun cannon Light thing. gun thing. <laughs> and their game was uh, Ready Aim Tomatoes. Oh, okay. And you shot tomatoes at the exact sprites from this game. Okay. Just wandering around on a 2D plane. Fair enough. I've heard of worse ideas. <laughs> yeah. Now, they did have two sequels to this game. There was a uh, sequel to it on the Sega Genesis that was... Mm-hmm. Planet Funkatron. Yeah, like Panic on Funkatron. Panic on Funkatron. That's what it was. That's like a platformer, right? Yeah, it was a side-scrolling platformer. Sega kind of twisted their arm to do it that way. Yeah, fair enough. That's weird. Yeah, it's not nearly as cool. And then I guess there was a real sequel to it in full style and everything on the Xbox. Okay. It's it's starting to sound familiar, kind of. When? Uh, I think it was around 2005, maybe? Okay, okay. Either way, didn't sell well. Right. So the Toe Jam and Earl franchise kind of fell off. Fell off until recently. And I think there was either a Kickstarter or an Indiegogo. And uh, Johnson uh, Vorsager wanted to resurrect the project, got some funding. Cool. And uh, is working on it. And then they got picked up by Adult Swim Games. Oh, all right. And it's supposed to be published sometime this year. So 
oh cool that's i think that's a good fit you yeah know? me too i really enjoy a lot of the adult swim games uh most recently uh battle chef brigade oh yeah yeah you remember you told me about that it's yeah. great so it, i feel like they do a lot of quirky little odd games and this would fit in quite well agreed well nick what kind of game is toe jam and earl well, um, like you mentioned earlier, um, it's you know it's got its roots in the roguelike kind of thing. So it's a procedurally generated game, but and this is like a it's an overhead exploration. You know, there's action yeah, in there I would a little bit. Really classified as an exploration roguelike. And yeah. if you're not familiar with the term roguelike, uh, you know that means it's like the old PC game Rogue, which was a game that every time you played it, the world, the weapons. Everything would be new or change. Yeah, it's all, you know, randomly created. And as a child, those kind of games really, really got me. Like, I was not into them at all. The the, the way things got mixed up, like, yeah, just, I, it seemed too hard for me to ever grasp. Or even, yeah, I never really, I mean, I guess kind of Civilization once I started mm -hmm. getting into that, because you would have different maps and stuff. But as I got older, I really got more into those games, and now it's something I really actually look for. In a game, sometimes yeah, uh, it's a it's a it's an awesome feature. Exactly, especially in modern times where computing power randomization is done in such a way that there is usually a great breadth of options. Yeah, yeah. Now, as for Toe Jam and Earl, you are Toe Jam or Earl when you play this game. Both aliens from yeah. the planet Funkatron. Yeah, they are traveling across the galaxy. Apparently, yeah, you're trying to reassemble your ship. Well, uh, you crash on Earth. Oh, right. Yeah, and then. Because of that crash, your ship has exploded into many pieces, and you must find those pieces and put it back together. Now, in this game, there is kind of a jump, but not really. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's mostly just walking around and doing... So your, your jump is... You jump when you hit the edge yeah. of water. Which can be a bad thing if you don't want to jump. Like, you got to be very careful. Mm -hmm. But otherwise, uh, you jump when you have an item that is, we'll talk about later, the spring shoes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But those jumps, they don't really serve a great deal of purposes... With the spring shoes, you can jump over very small cracks and gaps yeah, in the world. Yeah. But um, one bonus is that anytime you are in the air, there are a few enemies you can take out if you jump into them. Right, right. So, But the jump is really not going to be anything you deal with. It's mainly walking in this game. Yeah, you're just uh, cruising around, exploring. Uh... Strolling, man. So the movement in this game is the key factor. And one of the big things is that when you choose which character to be, Toe Jam or Earl, they do have differences. Yeah, they're both, um, Toe Jam is smaller, and he's three-legged, so I guess that translates into his uh, speed boost. He gets a little, you know, he moves a slightly faster. Yeah, and being smaller does make him a smaller target, so it's mm -hmm. it's easier to avoid things and to not get hit with him. That's true, yeah. But on that trade-off is that he has less life than yeah. his buddy Earl. Yeah, big Earl, uh, you know, he's got, he has more life, that's really about it, right? Like... Uh, he has more life, I mean, but he's he also slower. slower, but he takes less damage with each hit. Mm, yeah, yeah. So while you are a little slower, I think that does really help out a lot. Yeah, it's not like, I mean, I could see someone preferring one over the other, but not, they're, neither of them is like broken or there's no, you know, it's not like Toe Jam's the only one worth a crap, you know? Right. And as Either we'll one. talk about in our personal history, Nick and I have played a great deal of this game over the years. Yeah, yeah. And I almost always am Toe Jam and uh, Nick is stuck with Earl. That's right. I'm fine with Earl, man. I got I got nothing. Yeah, nothing I love me him. love me some Toe Jam. Now, as you wander around in these levels, uh, it is nice because they do have like little quips. So, as we mentioned, uh, the characters have different amounts of health, but yes. that health is variable. So you get hit, you do lose some health. 
Yeah. But you can regain health by eating food. Yeah, there's lots of different types of uh, food to find. Yeah, and there is good food, and then there's bad food. Yeah. Which is real interesting. (laughs) Bad food just hurts you, right? Well, not bad, yum, and wow foods are... Bacon and eggs, cherry pie, fudge cake, candy canes, pancakes, fudge sundaes, cereal, pizza, hamburgers, watermelons, and fries. All kinds of good stuff. Really awesome, good, classic uh, video game foods. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. And then you've got your, uh, on the ick, yuck, and gross side of things. And actually, I think those do take off health. I'm sorry. Yeah. Just, uh, and it's, depending on which it is, the... Ick, yuck, or gross, it depends on how much health they take off. Mm, yeah. And that is the moldy bread, the slimy fungus, the old cabbage, the old cheese, and the classic alley cat favorite, the fish bone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would, you know, you'd see this stuff around, but I always just avoided it because I assumed it was bad. You know, I never thought that it, maybe it gave you something, so it right. must be. And then uh, food is not the only way to replenish your life. If you find a hot tub and jump in it, mm, that will yeah. also refill your health. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then you can also uh, find wizards pacing in the level. Yeah, I mean, there's a huge cast of characters, some human, some not, that you may see. And the wizard's one of the few friendly ones, I think. Yeah, now does the wizard charge you for that that health refill? I think so. I think we'll find out when we get to the earthling section. (laughs) But if you do lose all of your health, you die. You turn into a little ghost angel Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and go up to heaven. And you do start with, I think, three lives. Yes, and you can pick up uh, one-ups around along the way if you're lucky. Mm-hmm. If you drink a hot lemonade, you gain a life. Mm-hmm. And then every third level, you'll, you'll gain a free life. Oh, like character level mm-hmm. or level level? Character level. Mm. Which, let's talk about right now. Sure. So in this game, you do level up, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, you have like a little score of points you get that is... It's mainly from just like as you walk around the map, you know. Well, there's um, a couple of ways. Yeah. We'll you, get to. Yeah. So when you level up, your speed increases, your speed of movement, uh-huh. but also your health bar gets larger. Yeah, it's nice. So it's pretty awesome. And then, as you said, you get points for uncovering new tiles of the map, so exploring the world. Yeah. But also for using items. Yeah, that's right. So when you open presents, you get uh, two points. And then when you unlock a new map tile, that's one point towards mm. your next rank. Yeah. So you, uh, yeah. And as you level up, you get these different titles. You start off as a wiener. Mm-hmm. That's how you begin. And then with 40 points, you become a doofus. <laughs> and um, after doofus, at 100 points, you get to be called a poindexter. Whoop, whoop. And that's an extra life there as well. Uh, next up at 180 is peanut. At 280 is dude. At 400, you finally become a bro. Brah. And you get an extra life. Then at 540, you become a full-on homie. <laughs> this was definitely done in the early 90s. I wonder if this homie does or does not play that. I don't know, man. That's a... At 700 points, you become a rap master. But of course, what you want to do is hold out till that 880 mark. Get all the points you can, and you will be deemed a true funk lord. Yeah, I, I don't know that I ever made it to funk lord, man. I'm, I'm trying to recall how... I don't think we ever have. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we've gotten at least to the bro homie zone. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I, yeah. No funk lord here, man. I'm no. <laughs> so those are all the levels that you can achieve in the game. But what makes Toe Jam and a Roll such an interesting and fun property is that it has a ton of items in it. Yeah, um, they're all 
you know, scattered throughout. You find them on, you know, throughout the different levels, but they're all, you know, they're all presents. They come in the form of presents. Yeah, they're all wrapped up. So you don't know what is in that present box, which item you're getting. Yeah, there and there's, you know, each present looks different. So uh, yeah. they all have different wrapping paper styles but and stuff. You start with bonus high tops, two pairs. Mm-hmm. And, you know, let's say you found the bonus high tops in a level, which I don't think you can, but they would always look like that original package. Yeah. Now, every time you play, it randomly changes what each item is in each present. Yeah, so it adds a huge exploration element where you're like, all right, you know, I'm checking out, you know, as you uncover these different uh, types of presents boxes, you Mm want to open them to see what's inside. Now, I don't know, we really didn't go over it in great detail, and we'll talk about it more later, but when you play the game and you guys are near each other, you are in one screen. Yeah. That when you walk away from each other, it will go into split-screen mode. Mm-hmm. Now, while you're both on that same screen, any item you use will be shared between the two players. Oh, yeah, They'll yeah. both get points for it, just as you'll both get points for opening any tiles if you're in the same area. Yes. So it's a lot of times useful to use an item when you're together because then you both get it. It's like a free item for one of you. Yeah, yeah, totally. Because each character has their own separate inventory of items they have picked up. Yeah, but you do share the knowledge of which items you've opened and what their name is. Yeah. So until you've opened it, you see the picture and just a series of question marks. Yeah, and you know, eventually you'll get them all figured out, or most of them, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. Now, of course, like I said, you start with the bonus high tops. And, uh, well, they allow you to run faster. Yeah, which is a important power. <laughs> it is very important. It does a really nice cartoony effect of the spinning wheel feet. Yeah, yeah. It even has that great cartoon noise of the classic Scooby-Doo, Hanna-Barbera, running away. And there you go. (laughs) That's it. You know, if you play two-player, you get two pairs of bonus high tops to start. If it's one player, you just get one pair. Mm -mm. And we are doing these in alphabetical order. (laughs) You never know what order you're going to find them in. So next up, we have the boombox. Yeah, this is a useful one um, that will come out and start playing some cool music. Mm-hmm. That will distract the enemies and usually start dancing, right? Yeah, they all they all stop attacking you and start dancing once you drop that boombox down. Yeah, so that's a good time to make a getaway. Yeah, you got to know your limits with a boombox, that's for sure. <laughs> and the boombox is super useful when you're dealing with multiple enemies. Yeah, yeah. So you know, get the whole screen off your back. Exactly. Now, if you're just dealing with like one enemy or one that's really close on you, the next item is very useful, and that's the decoy. Yeah, and it'll you know make a little decoy version, and it's uh, like a blow up version of you. Yeah, the, they will, you know, the enemies, of course, will go after it as opposed to you, which is another great bonus. And then eventually it will pop after a certain period of time. And like we did not mention, the boombox does go away as well. Oh, right. Yeah. Next up, we have the doorway. Yeah. And I mean, not to be confused with the real doorway of, in each level, which is what you're searching for, really. Well, that's get... an elevator door. But this oh, is like right. your standard front door door. Yeah. And this just does it teleport. Yeah, it teleports you to a random spot in the same level you are in. Yeah, which can be eh. good or bad. I mean, I've used it in desperate straits many times. And I've used it and been desperately uh, stuck on a tiny island off to the side of a level as well. Yeah, yeah, which is not so cool. Following that, we have the Earthling item. And all of the enemies and friends in this game are called Earthlings. Yeah, since you are the aliens. Now, there is a rare chance you can get a helpful Earthling in this, but more mm-hmm. often than not, you're just spawning an enemy right next to you. Yeah, it's. I mean, not all these items are good, and that's part of the you know double-edged sword of this exploring is like, you know, 
when you're when you were staring down a, a new unopened type of present you're like is this going to screw me you know am i going to drop down a evil earthling on you know you never know there's lots of pitfalls you got to find them so you can avoid them later you do it's better to find these out in levels one and two than say <laughs> 10 or 15 now yes next up we have a few that are actually super useful those are the extras the extra buck and bucks or dollars are the currency of the game and we'll talk about how you use that more in just a moment but if you use this you get one free dollar and you earn every penny but then we have the extra life which is infinitely more useful <laughs> yeah um pretty classic item it gives you one free man and then we have the food present and that just drops a random type of food as well yeah which you know as long as it's good food chow it, down yeah it could be the bad food so watch out and then following that you have a very specific food item and that is the fudge sundae and that's its own present now the fudge sundae is the ultimate food because it gives you full health yeah it's the full replan which is uh <laughs> sometimes you're praying for those and now we can talk about the uh, Icarus wings. Um, Possibly everyone's favorite item. Yeah, because um, you get, you know, little wings on your arms, and now you can fly above all the foes and uh, hazards and such. And water. Yeah. That's huge. So you can not only explore certain parts that are tough to, you know, deal with on foot, um, but you can skip over. Some some maps will have little areas that you need the wings to get to. You yeah, know? because there will be gaps where there is no land, and you can yeah. fly over that. Now, one thing I do note is that the Icarus wings seem to be one of the shorter lasting of the items. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you got to watch out because I I've also ran out of them when I was over one of said gaps, and it's not so fun. <laughs> no, it is not. But then next up, you have what, Nick? The inner tube? Inner tube, yes. Very useful. Yeah, this lets you uh, swim around in the water better, uh, which is substantially you're not you're, you're even slower on water than you are on land and, and you only have a limited amount of time in the water before you run out of breath yeah a, a, in addition to water enemies so but with this inner tube you can swim indefinitely as long as that you have that tube yeah but you still can get hurt by any of the waterborne enemies so watch out and you also might find yourself with a jackpot which uh, is an instant five bucks um, all right bonus <laughs> that's a little better than the buck yeah five times as much you might even say mm -hmm. and then following that we have the promotion and no you've not been made assistant manager or even manager <laughs> you are uh getting a new rank and that's like going from poindexter to doofus yeah that's you know that that's a very big one uh I, this is a rare one too i believe i think it is one of the rarest in the game yeah uh, if you ever get this you're quite happy mm -hmm. i think you would be less happy though with the next item nick you're darn right it would, because the next item is the rain cloud. Which, oh, I, I hate it. <laughs> it's some of the cloud of rain that will follow you around and just, you know, uh, it'll lightning you sometimes. Yeah, which does damage. Yeah, and it's not fun. And it's and when you're lightning, not only are you taking damage, you're stunned for like a little second as well. You're not moving when you're being struck. Yeah, if you're like desperate, you're like, ah, enemies are coming, just try an item. And then you get this and you're just like, crap, like you're, you're in it, man. <laughs> yeah, now you can hide from the lightning in water. Or if you are in the doors, if you're in your elevator, oh, right. it will stop striking you. Yeah. Most of the time, you just got to wait it out, though. Mm-hmm. Well, then next up is really my least favorite yes. of all of the items in the game. By far the worst one. That is the randomizer. Yeah, this uh, is a real, uh, real poo box here. Um, when you get this, it uh, all that hard work you did identifying all these presents gets completely undone as they're all completely scrambled again and you start back over. Yeah, it's really like the most soul-crushing moment when you when if you if you 
held out for a couple levels and you haven't hit it. Well, and, and I mean, you know, you'll get, maybe you get to that point where you're like, I've identified everything but three presents. And you're like, just, I, I don't care what's in there. I don't want that randomizer. Yeah. Like, start if, avoiding them. If we're at, down to that point and we have three that we haven't figured out, we'll just leave them. Yeah. It's there, not there, worth There's it. no point in, in wasting all that, that hard effort. What is worth the effort is the rocket skates. Oh man. They are amazing. Yeah. You use these things and then you are, you know. You know, go, go gadget rocket skates. You have rocket skates that blast you forward. Uh, you have to be pretty quick steering because you're moving super quick. Yeah, but you're moving so quick you can literally ride over water. So that's yeah. pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. You're And you're entirely self-propelled. You can't stop while they're on, you know. No, you're always moving forward. You can just turn, you know, until they run out. This is a great way to uncover really large portions of the map. Yeah. and uh... But it's also a really great way to fly off the edge of the map. Well, sometimes, again, when you're identifying those... Those items and you use one and you're like, I'm right next to the edge. And it turned out it was rocket skates and I just got shot off the edge like boo. <laughs> so be careful. It can definitely be rough. Following that in the R category is the root beer. And uh, it is a health restoration tool. It gives you about half your health back. But yeah. it does have a, a kind of annoying side effect. It makes you burp. Makes your character burp for a good 30 <laughs> seconds as they walk around. Just like real life. But I don't think it has any uh, negative, you know. Right, uh, things on your movement or anything like that. No, no, I don't. Yeah, and you can also find rose bushes, uh, which is it's a weird, weird item. Yeah, they're they're pretty good because it's like you'll essentially plant a little rose bush, which will grow kind of behind you. Mm -hmm. So you use it like if you're getting chased by enemies, or you can kind of you know throw them off your uh, your track a little bit and get some put some distance between you and them. Yeah, it doesn't hurt the enemy, but it blocks them from getting to you, which is really just as important in this game. Oh yes. Now, when you place a second rose bush, though, that first one disappears. Yeah, so, you know, you can keep a little kind of one of them behind you where you kind of just keep something, you know. But you should also note that if you run into that rose bush, it's going to hurt you as well. That's true, yeah, yeah. So, so. <laughs> you got to be careful with that one. Every rose has its thorn. It does. Uh, but you also can find a, a slingshot, and this is your one of your main two weapons in the game. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, the slingshot lets you shoot, you know, a little sling bullet, as you would imagine. It's actually, I think, a tomato in there. Oh, is, I thought tomatoes were their own. Their own thing. Well, the slingshot goes further. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Is the is the key. And I think you have a higher rate of fire as well. But, yeah, it's not the best weapon, because there are no good weapons in this game, really. No, uh, it's, it's more it, about just distracting or running. You know, you even when you have the tomatoes or slingshot, you know, you're not like, I'm going to kill these guys. You're just trying to get them off screen, like, you know, stun them for a second or something. Yeah, I rarely use them to just murder a bunch of things. It's like, oh, this one thing's in my way. Maybe I can use it to take it out and yeah. go on by. But <laughs> but then you have these spring shoes. Yeah, we kind of talked about these earlier. This is gives you the really big jump. Mm-hmm. And it's mainly for getting away from enemies or jumping over, like, big gaps or areas. But I don't even like doing that because usually big gaps are very narrow areas. And it's very it's hard to tell how far you're going to jump it's, in this It thing. is weird. They do give you a little control, but um, it's one of those things that you're not really required to use that often. So I really don't know, you know, exactly where or how to control my landing good enough to take full advantage, perhaps. Some more fancy footwear you can find is uh, the super high tops. Those are actually just like the bonus high tops. It's just that you don't get bonus ones from boxes. Mm, right, right. So, okay. So, same thing. Super fun. Uh, and then you'll find the telephone. And that can be uh, an item you find, or it can be on the field. Yeah, and it'll just, uh, 
when you pick up the telephone and use it, it will, you know, go to the map screen and flip over a few tiles randomly that may reveal, you know, some areas you haven't been to. Or mm -hmm. perhaps where the ship piece is in this level or the exit. So Yeah, if you can find any of that info, that's precious intel. And then we have an item that is only found in the two-player version, and that is togetherness. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. And it does exactly what you think it might. It lets you, whichever player uses it, teleport to the other character. Yeah, which can, you know, it's not always the thing you want right away, but being able to know you have that is awesome. If you fall down a couple oh, floors God, yeah. or, you know, it's it can save you so much time. And that is regardless of what level they're on. So if they're like two levels ahead of you because you've fallen, you can use that and boom, you're right there with them. And then we have Tomato Rain. <laughs> yeah, um, this is uh, straight out of Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. You're, you know, tomatoes are falling from the sky and they will hurt uh, all the enemies. I mean, they can also hurt you. So That's true. You got to watch out. But this is the kind of one you want to hit and run. Definitely. Yeah. Get out of there. And then we have just the standard tomato. Which is kind of your main weapon really i think you find these the most yeah and you know you can throw a little tomato gets a nice little arc um you don't have crazy range you know it's not no like... not very good range at all and it's a, like many of these things it's on a timer you only have you have unlimited ammo but for a set period of time yeah so you gotta know when to use them mm -hmm. and then next up uh well the very aptly named total bummer yeah this is one you hopefully will see Early on, or not at all, if you're if you're lucky, because it will just kill you as soon as you use it, and there you go. Yeah, this is one you really hope you identify early or never. Yeah. And last but not least, you have the single-player-only item, the Unfall. Yeah, I think, is this the togetherness in one player? Yeah, it just reverses a fall that you just had to a, a previous level. Yeah, which is nice. Definitely. I'll take it, man. Now, as we mentioned while we were talking through many of those items, you can get money out of those presents, but you can also find money on the fields. Yep, yep. In a series of ones or fives, I think it is. But there's really only two uses for money in the game. Yeah, you can uh, spend it by, uh, you spend it at Wizards, right? Is that what, um, I'm not sure about that? I don't think so. I think I was yeah. wrong there. Okay. You can either use them at a mailbox or mm. the old wizened carrot. Yeah, your good old friend, the flaming carrot, is... No, he's not flaming, but there's a carrot man out there. Alien, I guess. Is he considered an earthling? He really? is considered an earthling. It's a strange world, but... And uh, really, first off, the mailbox is a mail order system. So oh, right, you'll go right. to it, and it'll give you an option of a couple different presents and tell you how much each one is. You pay for it, and then it's in your inventory. Budding. But really, if you play like Nick and I do... You save every hardened dollar you can for that wizened old carrot. But yeah, for $2, the carrot will identify one of your uh, mystery presents for you. Yeah, that's so invaluable, especially, you know, after level two or three. Once you've used a few and you have those question marks staring you down, you don't want to get the randomizer or the total bummer. Yeah, you, ugh. and if you're lucky, maybe he'll identify those right away, you know. It's, it's hard to say because, you know, you pick the one, right? You pick which one he does. and so You might get lucky. You might. Now, finally, I think we should talk about the enemies you find in this section because, you know, the enemies aren't in the levels by level because this game is randomized. So yeah, yeah. it's just kind of good to know what you're going to be coming up against as you go through the game. And even though I said enemies, I think we're going to start with our allies, the earthlings that do help you. Oh, right. Yeah. There are a few, you know. Mm -hmm. There is that carrot wise man we, we talked about. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There is uh, the wahini. The Hawaiian Dancy Girls. Although I'm not really sure why they help you. Well, 
they're listed in the allies section, but they do hinder you in the fact that you do dance when you're around them. So if you're being chased by an enemy, that can be, be a bit of a negative. There is um, a, a weird uh, kind of steampunk Santa Claus. Yeah, you'll see him around. Uh, you have a sneak button. We totally forgot to mention because... It's only useful pretty much here. Yeah, but you can you move slightly slower, and you know you'll see him rummaging around in his bag, and he starts to look up. If you stop and hold still, a la Drex, you can uh, resume moving. Once he uh, you know goes back to his bag, then you can catch up to him, and he'll drop some presents before he whips out his sweet jetpack and flies away. <laughs> Just like Santa Claus always does. Uh, then there is the wizard, which we have talked about you, and yes, they do require money one dollar. Which isn't bad to recharge your health, you know? To full. Yeah, that's definitely nice. And then there's also the opera singer. Uh, yeah. You'll encounter her. Um, for a more expensive $3, she will if you know start singing and kill everything on the screen, including other helpful earthlings. So Yeah, $3 is, is a hefty price to pay, though. Yeah, I never, yeah. To I be honest with you, until recently, I was just like, I was like, she's an enemy. Keep away. Right. You know, I was like, I don't, I don't want anything to do with her. <laughs> but let's get into that, that real enemies list. And these really aren't in any particular order because uh, I'm looking at my list and, well, it starts with some of the harder ones. So Right, right, right. There is the crazed shopper. Yeah, and they what, have the shopping cart and they move around. Yeah, it's a lady with a yeah. beehive. She's uh, a little faster than most, right? Like mm -hmm. the enemies, if I'm, I'm trying to, you know. Again, avoid her. There's the insane dentist. And that's a dancing, running around dentist that... uh. Has a drill he's going to get you with. Yeah. yeah. For like, some reason, I always think of the Little Shop of Horrors Steve Martin yeah, character. Yeah. Then we have the Cupid. Yeah, this guy sucks because... He, he doesn't hurt you. No, he'll, he'll shoot you with these arrows, but they reverse your controls, right? Or I think I it randomly changes the controls. I don't know if it's exactly oh, reversed. Got you. Either way, it's no fun in a game where you're just moving. <laughs> when you're trying to avoid enemies and falling off edges, you know, messing with your button inputs is cruel and unusual. Yeah, it... Oh, these guys are, are really awful. And you find them early on, too. Mm -hmm. They're a constant threat. Yeah. Uh, another big threat is the hamster and a ball. This ball and hamster is not normal size. It is giant sized. Yeah, it will roll right over you if you and They take it... up a lot of room, so they're hard to avoid. They're big. Um, then we have, I think, my least favorite enemy in the entire game. The boogeyman. The boogeyman, yeah. He's he, the worst. Yeah, Um. he's, uh, he's really fast. Yeah. yeah, and he's invisible for most of the time. Yeah, it's like you'll just hear him, you know, boogity boogity, and then you know that you know he'll he'll come out for a second and come at you. And him and the dentist are these enemies that their attacks when they hit you are so quick that if they keep running into you, they can kill you in like ten seconds. Yeah, or less. You, you can get like I don't know if stun locked is the right word, but it's like they're just you know sometimes the enemies will just dog you and it's it's rough. Yeah, you just get hit and eh, 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 dead. Yep. With no chance of moving or running, it's it, it feels very unfair and frustrating sometimes. Yeah, it's, it's shameful, to say the least. Now, a little easier to get away from is the flock of nerds. Yeah, so this herd of nerds that uh, apparently um, can move faster diagonally than vertically or horizontally. Okay. So don't trust your diagonals on these guys. So. Which is usually a safe safe bet for most enemies. Yeah, I mean... You, I mean, these are another one of these, you know, it's just like these are a, a moving obstacle that is coming at you. So get out of the way using whatever items you can. Now, next up, we have a more annoying enemy, and that is the mole. Yeah, the mole. It does not uh, directly hurt you. It digs underneath you, but it does something much more dastardly. Yeah, it steals presents from you. Yeah. And that's not cool. And there's no way of getting them back either. 
Yeah, I mean, you can get lucky if you were like, well, I identified uh, the randomizer and have not used it. I'll take it off your hands, but that's very rare. No. Then next up, I think, is your favorite enemy, Nick. It's the Angry Bees. Ah, uh, the bees. Uh, they're with us again, like in many, many games, except this time it's like a big cloud of them, you know, swarm, if you will. Yeah, and they will they will hunt you down. They are aggressive, uh, and they're not, not cool, man. No, you can run away, but they will stay on your trail as long as they can. And I think you might be able to lose them in water. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I've definitely tried to run away from them and been knocked off cliffs plenty of times, but... Yeah. I don't know. They suck. Now, just as annoying... And even more devious is the mailbox monster. Yeah, it's like a mimic. And this, I mean, legitimately scares me when, you know, because you're like, hey, mailbox, I'm going to go buy some items. And then it like animates and comes after you. And, and they're really strong. Yeah, they'll do a lot of damage and you're usually heading towards them so they can be tough to avoid. Now, if you are patient and you watch a mailbox, if it is the monster version, it will blink Every once in a while. Right, right, which is cool. So there is a little bit of a tell there. Yeah. And then we have the classic Lil Devil, straight out of a 1930s cartoon. Yeah, yeah, little pointy tail. Horns. Pitchfork. Yep, yep. And it just runs around and tries to stab you. It's a fairly benign and slow enemy. This is, what, yeah, one of your earlier encounters. They kind of, like, mind their own business, too. Like, they won't always just chase you down. I mean, they're not bees. Come on. <laughs> no, no. And then the opposite of a bee is possibly the shark. <laughs> yeah. Sharks are truly it, the bees of the sea. Well, yeah, well, they're the opposite of the bee. I mean, a bee is in the air and hits you with its butt. A shark <laughs> is in the water and fights you with its face. Yeah, it's true, man. They're... I mean, that's science. Yep, and uh, this, you get the little, you know, the, the the sharks swim around in the water, so you do get the Jaws theme-alike thing. And it is darn close. Like, yeah. <laughs> I would say that is 90% copyright infringement right there. Yeah, so you, you can hear them coming sometimes and you want to scramble because they are pretty strong, but... And they'll, they'll slow you down in the water, which can kill you yeah. because you're running out of air as you're in it. Tis true. You will also encounter, I mean, I guess it's not really a person, but it's a, a tornado mm -hmm. that will move around. Uh, well, there could be a person in the middle, a la Tasmanian Devil. We just don't know. That's true. It never stops spinning. So, you know, the jury's still out. But, yeah, it'll move you around. Like, yeah, it'll pick oh. you up and, you know, it can drop you off. It's somewhere very inconvenient, like off the side of the map or in the water. But, but it can also just move you five spaces to the left. Yeah, you never know. So it's, I mean, it's risky, but it, avoid it if you can, obviously. Now, the final three enemies, though, they all end up on my cry about list. Oh, yeah? They're very worth it. <laughs> you have first the fat man and lawnmower. Yeah, the lawnmower dude. Is this the strongest? He's one of them, right? Like, I feel like these three are all extremely strong. Like the so, ones that, yeah. Yeah, he is quick. But he mainly moves in straight lines. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, he is using a lawnmower. Right, right. But yeah, that is a ton of damage if he contacts with you. And he has a high chance of, of like catching you and repeatedly, you know what I Hitting mean? Hitting over and over. It's no good. Mm -hmm. Then you have the chickens with mortars. Yeah. It's like a squad of chickens that run around together. They have a mortar and they're all, I think all of them are helmeted or some of them are helmeted. Yeah, you army Ready for combat. And, yeah, yeah. They, they shoot things. Uh, they shooting tomatoes, right? Yep. Yep. Fighting back, man. And they are one of the few ranged, or the only ranged attack enemy. So that's why they're dangerous. Yeah, and I mean, on their own, they're not, like, impossible to avoid and no. stuff. But the minute you get another enemy, especially if it's a tough one, then you got these guys lobbing stuff at you where you're trying to avoid this other thing. Like, it adds up quick. Yeah. And, of course, uh, straight out of Twisted Metal is the ghost ice cream truck. No, I'm just kidding. This isn't Sweet Tooth here, but it does 
it's also one of your faster, more deadly enemies. Uh, now, granted, uh, it does warn you when it's in the area by making a ring, like a yeah old bicycle ring noise. Almost. Yeah, yeah, it's like a yeah. Ding, ding. It should be the ice cream truck music, but it's not. Right, right. But, but this is the worst because it is super fast and it is a ton of damage. Yeah, and uh, it, it'll be all over the map. Like it, it can it can catch up to you no matter. I, I don't know how to truly escape it. You know, you just a lot of these enemies are just like just keep trying until maybe it gives up. I don't know. <laughs> right, exactly. You got to like hit angles. You got to move in ways that. You know, have it going somewhere away from you and then just take advantage of that and book it. Because, like, guys like this, you know, it's like you're taking several hits before you can truly stun them, you know, with tomatoes. You know? Oh, yeah. These these last three enemies are ones that if you are stuck in a situation where you're dealing with them and other things, bust out an item. Get out of there. That's your best <laughs> yeah, bet. Yep. So, Nick, this is a Sega game, and it's from a rather um, unknown developer. What does this, this manual look like? Uh, well, this is a manual that is, uh, you know, it's black and white. Mm-hmm. We're looking at 28 pages. Okay, not bad at all. Get some, uh, there's a lot to learn about this game. Yeah, it's it's a pretty weird, you know, it's a, I guess, non-traditional game style for this era. You, so, mm-hmm. you know, it's got some good enemy artwork, but other than that, it's just screenshots, really. Okay. Does it do a, does it have a, a list of all the items or... Some of them, yeah. Okay. Um, it goes to you know explains like you know you're getting money, you're meeting these other people. The basic mechanics. Shit. Yeah, I mean stuff that we went through, maybe not quite as much detail. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, you know it's a, it's pretty basic. Does a good job of explaining this you know kind of offbeat game. So you know it's, it's good in that regard. Okay. So Nick, what was your personal history with this game, Toe Jam Interall? Uh, well, uh, this was a game I never really played as a youth. Uh, oh really? Yeah, I had. Uh, I'd seen of it, but saw the characters I, I didn't, maybe didn't know what it was or, you know, and then again, this isn't the type of game that like really grabs you from, you know, screenshots in the magazine. So it's like, I don't know, whatever. Well, it apparently it did grab my uh, best friend Evan growing up because he got it. Yeah. And um, while he did get it after I'd moved away. So we would play this a lot in the summers and that kind of thing. But mm. I always had really fond memories of it because it is such a wacky, like weird two player game and really yeah, fits yeah. that. It fits nicely into that early 90s uh, yeah. cultural wackiness. Yeah. yeah. Now, as we mentioned, we weren't planning on doing this show for this episode. It was a last-minute decision. And because of that, we neither of us have actually played this game much recently. Right, yeah. I played it for about uh, half an hour last night. That puts around a little bit, yeah. But the reason we did choose it is because the two of us have played this game many many times in the past together there were a couple years where we really like it was like i mean at least once a year you know where i have pretty close birthdays so we'd get together and be like we're gonna take a serious slug at this game and then you know many times in between as well so it was like yeah a, yeah my like one four note, or five year stretch there yeah we would we would play this at least once a year every time like that and for a day i mean we're talking hours yeah all the way through man now <laughs> granted uh i will say that if you are going to be imbibing in adult beverages while you play this game, it does make it harder as it goes yes, on, it sure which is does. part of the reason we may have never beaten this game. Right, right. Yeah. Because that's the other fact I want to point out. We've never beaten it. That's true. This is kind of like one of my white whales yeah. in the world of gaming. I mean, we've came close several times. Uh, yeah, I think we've uh, gotten close enough as down to uh, one or two parts two, left. Yeah. It's uh, But it's one of these games that's like, I mean, I could... I guess if I really wanted to, I could sit down and be like, all right, I'm going to beat this game by myself. And it's like, no, that's not fun. This really isn't a, a one-player game much. You know? This is a thing you need to share 
on the couch with another human being. Yeah. Hopefully so. someone you can have a lot of fun with. But we have had many years of experience with this, but sadly, we have never beaten it. All right, Nick, here we are in the general chat portion of our show. Yes, sir. And I'd like to start by saying this game is so fun, but so incredibly hard. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it is a difficult game in, to defeat. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, it's not, not hard, hard to, to play. get into, and you're like, okay, I mean, but... Deceptively so. The first few levels really hold your hand. Yeah. But once you hit to, like, level five or six, oh, man, one wrong enemy, one wrong path. That could be a dead, dead. <laughs> that could be a dead end or a game over. Yeah, and it's a. I mean, it's the type of game too where it's hard to explain or show pictures to some, somebody. Might just be like, that seems boring, and maybe it would be boring to them. I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm a sucker for exploring stuff, and then this is a game that you can kind of do that eternally. So that's pretty sweet. Yeah, I think we both count the original Zelda as our favorite game. Yeah, I think, of yeah. all time. Yeah. And for me, the reason is because when I first played it, it was all about exploring to me. It was. I yeah, didn't know yeah. where anything was, and it was all about finding these new things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And this is similar. You have that that exploration is the heart of this game. You level up by opening new parts of the map and that kind of thing. And I really do enjoy that. Yeah. Now, the sprites in this game are great. Very yeah. colorful. Very well animated. And they share the same aesthetic well. Yeah. It's, um, you know, to their credit, they get a lot of these, like, wacky, weird, you know, chickens in army things. But you can still tell what they are. So that, you know, says a lot when, you you know, these things are not really heavy with context clues. Yeah. Now, the animations are great. The sprites are great. But the problem is, you've heard the list of enemies. That's it. Yeah. And like... you're not even encountering a lot of them in the first levels. So you're going to be encountering the same things over and over and over again. Yeah. And, I mean... There are a lot of parts of levels where it's you're just walking, man. Like there might not even be any enemies. There might be nothing, but you you don't know that until you get there. So you got to check it all out mm -hmm. slowly but surely, flipping that map around. Now there are no backgrounds because this is a third person isometric view. Yeah. So if you're not looking at the ground, you're looking at space. Yep, and you just have the one background floor. You know what I mean? Like you've got I don't know how many levels, sixteen, however yeah. many you got to go through. You know, there's no like here now you're in a forest. It's like nope, it's all the grass. They're always or, de they yeah. do introduce like desert areas as time goes on and yeah, whatnot yeah. To, to mix it up. Yeah, um, but, but it, really, it's just that the levels become more islandy, mm -hmm. more skinny as time goes on, and harder to traverse. Yeah, and I mean, you'll start seeing more of like, well, this looks like a dead end until you walk up to it, and then mm -hmm. it'll extend. So, well, we'll get into that more in just a moment. But I also want to talk about the music in this game. Yeah, it's good stuff, man. There aren't a lot of tracks, sadly. No, it's true. But luckily, those tracks that are there are really good. They are. They got a good, like, very meandery kind of. Definitely funk, a jazzy you know, funk kind yeah. of feel. Yeah, it's it's good stuff, and it never grates on your nerves. But no, because it's really minimally used. I think a lot of the time, you usually just have the backbeat going, and then they'll come in with a groove or two to lay over that mm -hmm. as you're wandering around. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, this game is actually, you know, f fairly humorous. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, that's a big part of it, too, is it's like, you know, it's it's wacky in a way that's not, like, too louder in your face. It's just, like, right. weird stuff, man. Whatever. Yeah, it doesn't get into the Earthworm Jim territory for me, where <laughs> it's just like, well, this is weird for weird's sake. This is funny weird. It's and not hardcore weird. <laughs> some of the interactions are a little juvenile between the two characters, but they're still usually kind of funny. Yeah, you get little messages in between. You know, when you're in the elevator, and it's mm -hmm. like, Earl farts, and he's like, it wasn't me. And it's like, <laughs> Right. Boom, boom, fart jokes. We all love them. Yeah, I 
right, guys, this is the part of the show where we take a game level by level. But we can't. We yeah. could. <laughs> but every level in this game, if you play it the correct way, is procedurally generated. Yeah, so we're going to be doing uh, level by levels forever. Forever. No, you can't actually choose a fixed level version in the yeah, options. Yeah, why would you? That's. But, I mean, that's just lame. Yep. So don't right do now, that. <laughs> no, don't. We will find you. So what we're going to do is talk about what you find in the levels and how they work. Now the game starts with that crash landing, a really quick cutscene. When you start a level, you walk out of an elevator, like a magical TARDIS-style elevator right, right. that appears, lets you out, and then it disappears. And it's a cool effect, the way they do that. And if there is a piece of the ship, then that's the goal of this game, to find all the pieces of your ship, which I don't know how many there are, because I can't ever remember. Yeah, yeah. And I couldn't find a list of the names of them either, which yeah. is a bummer. Yes, they're hilarious. Because they have, like, goofy, like, the Funkotron Matrix. Or yeah. Ampl- oh, I can't remember. Stabilizer. Yeah, they're all weird techno babble. If there is a piece of the ship on a level you've just come to, you will get a hint. It will tell you there is one there. Yeah, because they're they're not there's not a piece in every level, sadly. Sadly, and since you are playing randomized, you can sometimes get stuck with two or three levels in a row that have no pieces. Yeah, it's 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 a real crapshoot. It is. Now, when you are out and about on these levels, you can hit your map button. It's one of your three buttons. And it will show you what you've uncovered on the map so far. Yeah, which is very important. Uh, you'll be referring to this a lot, probably. Yeah, there will be a little red dot for Toe Jam, an orange dot for Earl. If you found a ship piece, either by walking around or through using the telephone, it will be blue. Mm, yeah, yeah. And they're easy to find because there's a giant sign behind them <laughs> with flashing lights and arrows pointing yeah, to it. Yeah, it, you can't miss it. Yeah, and then the orange square is the exit door. Mm, yeah. And then when you're in the map screen, if you push one of your action buttons, it'll bring up the ship screen and show you which pieces you're missing on it. But that's not really that helpful. Yeah, there's nothing you can do with it. No, not at all. And then in the levels, you are going to deal with a large variety of hazards and features. First off is just your normal land. It's the green stuff you walk on. Yeah, it's your uh, default speed kind of like. Yes. And then uh, next is the water. And that is not default speed. As we mentioned earlier, you are much slower in it. You'll see a lot of this in some levels, too. Mm -hmm. And then when you jump into the water, your life meter is replaced with your air supply meter. Yeah. Even the nights are better. Not that air supply, Nick. (laughs) But as you stay in the water, that does go down. And then if it's at the bottom of its meter, you have now died in the water. It's no good. You don't lose health or anything. It's like instant death. Yeah, you've learned your lesson. There are trees around you. They don't do anything, but they do serve as a useful block sometimes. Yeah, for enemies and stuff. But the real saving grace of these levels are the few far-between roads that you find. Yeah, and uh, we do mean roads like it's a street asphalt, you know. and White dotted line in the middle. (laughs) But it uh, makes you move a lot faster while you're on it. So, you know, some... When you're moving across the level and you start seeing some roads, it's like, you know, hop on and then enjoy that while you can or, you know, to get away from enemies, etc. Yeah, especially if you're Earl. That is like the lifesaver. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, we also mentioned you'll find mailboxes in these levels and uh, ship pieces, of course. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Hopefully. Mm-hmm. Uh, you will find enemies, earthlings, you know, ones that help, ones that hinder. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Food will be laying around. Yeah. All those different types of food we found. Well, and of course, a presence, you know, there's... Many presents. Many more than you can usually deal with in the first couple levels. Yeah. Uh, and then the, the last type of terrain or obstacle we'll deal with is the desert or quicksand. Yeah, and this uh, is, is just as fun as it sounds. It will slow you way down. And you'll start sinking if you hold still, right? Or... Mm-hmm. But 
if you are near one of your your buddy, you guys move quicker oh, through it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and we totally forgot something we should have put in the health section <laughs> an hour ago. Yeah. Actually, I think after editing, it'll probably be about 35, 40 minutes ago. Right, right. If you are on the same screen as your buddy, you can hit your action button next to each other and high five. Yeah, and it'll equalize your life, right? Yeah, super, super useful. Yes, it can. It has saved my life more than once. Definitely. And if you're attacked by an enemy while you're in the quicksand, that does bring you to the top of the quicksand as well. Yeah, that's true. So that's kind of a bonus. Kind of, yeah. Well, yep. if, it, if it helps you get out of there faster, then you know, you'll take it. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, the main thing you're trying to find on every level is that exit door to the elevator. Yeah, and, you know, even if it has a, a shit piece or not, you know, they're not always next to each other or near, you know. So sometimes you'll find this right away and you're like, but I know there's a shit piece, so... Got to keep looking. Got to keep exploring. Now, as we've mentioned kind of briefly off and on, if you do get to the edge of any of these levels and you are knocked or fall off, you will fall. And if there's land below you on the previous level, you will land on that land. Yeah. So if you're really unlucky, you can sometimes fall two or three, you know, floors or levels, whatever you want to call it, you know, because you're all going vertically up, you know, fall the way down to the beginning maybe and then have to. Now, at least the levels stay the same that you've already mapped out so you can usually know the quickest route to get back. Yeah, run through them to return, but it's still a pain, man. Definitely. And then that brings me to my final point that there is apparently a few secrets in this game. You can use uh, some codes to change what level you start at, mm -hmm, some mm -hmm. things like that. But there are some secrets in the actual game that deal yeah. with level falling that next time we play, we are totally going to be exploiting. Yeah, I was uh, I was surprised to see this. I was uh, I, I like it too. Like There is a secret island in the first level. And then there is a secret level below this like, first I, level. I feel like I remember the secret island. But yeah, we knew know. about the secret island. Because yeah, it's like it's on the first level and you can't get there. You have to fall to it from above, right? Or if you really, both of these things, what you want to do is you want to wait till you have identified your... Like Icarus wings or... Or the life raft. Mm, yeah, yeah. And then when you have more than one, you fall down to the first level. And then you use yeah. them to get to that island. yeah. Now, the island is just uh, covered with lots of presents. Yeah. That's pretty handy. Yeah, yeah. But the island to the south is the one that's really important. Because if you fall off the southern island, then you will fall to the secret level. Yeah, it's like level zero. Mm-hmm. And there is a lemonade stand, which will give you an extra life. It's like a hot tub, right? Mm -hmm. It'll fill, up, uh, fill you up. Maybe. Yeah, there is a hot tub to fill your life. And then there's a place to leave that, and it will return you to the first level you fell from. Your oh, highest level. Oh, wow. That's awesome. I just love that there's stuff in there like that in there, man. It makes all that exploration, you know, really pay off. It does. Boogie, 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 boogie. Boogie, 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 boogie. All right, here we are in the review portion of the show once again. And, of course, we use the classic Nintendo Power Review System with five possible points in each category and four categories to choose from, starting with graphics and sound. Nick, I gave this a 3.5. Same here, man. I thought that it had really, really good sprites and such great music. It's just not that many of them. Yeah, I mean, the backgrounds get a little repetitive. Yeah, that's really the killer for me, was that so much of this game looks exactly like every other portion of this game. And um, we should say, though, that this is a game that's kind of rare, you know, to have this many uh, pretty high-quality voice samples on the Sega Genesis. Like, oh, yeah. A lot of other games that would have them on the Super Nintendo just wouldn't even try. And 
they did a they did a great variety of them here uh, very well. Yeah, the sound effects are all really good, but it's that music, man. And I didn't mention it before, but the way the FM synthesis chip in the Genesis works really fits well with that funky bass grooves. It, yeah. it sounds much like a real slap bass. Yeah, yeah, it has that kind of twang, maybe you might say. Not twang, I don't know, but it's it's really cool. Yeah, yeah, there is nothing to complain there. It's just that, you know, you see a, too much of that same green grass. Mm -hmm. Now we have play control, Nick. Um, I give this a 2.5. I think you uh, are nicer than me because I gave it a 2.0. It's like uh, you are so, so slow at first. Yeah. And I mean, even though it's like you can speed up, but it, or, and you get items to help. But it's like, man, it's you're like, I'm like, is this just padding? You know, where there, it's like in a game that's built around exploring and moving. And they're like, no, you're going to take it easy. To, you know, it's like, gosh, sometimes. Yeah. And then, you know, not only do you move so slow at the beginning, but the items you get for offense, like the tomatoes, are very hard to aim. Yeah, yeah. I'm not like a marksman with them or anything of no. that level. <laughs> and then my final gripe in that category, which is why we didn't even get to 2.5, is that when you do get things that speed you up, you're pretty much uncontrollable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the shoes, not too bad, but you get to those rocket skates and yeah, yeah if, good if, luck. If you don't see it coming, yeah, you're all over the place. I agree, Eric. I'm going to amend my score down to 2.0. Well, I think our scores are going to be opposite on this next category, and that is challenge factor. I mean, this is a hard one. I, I mean, I want to say like 4.0 because I think this is a really hard game to beat. I put it 4.5. Yeah, I mean, like, because it, you, maybe you would get lucky and be like, well, I just found all the pieces right away, mm -hmm. but we tried a lot, and that never happened. So. Yeah, my biggest uh, complaint on it as far as the challenge is concerned is that there are no continues. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There's not a lot of free lives. Yeah, but most importainly, if you make one wrong move against a certain in certain enemies, that's instant death. Yeah, you're just gonna get hit. Bam, 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 bam. You're dead. Yeah, and there's yeah. no recovery from that. It's really frustrating. You're really not quick enough to deal with it. You know what I mean? Once something starts going wrong, you're just like, all right. Like, there's... and if there is a swarm of those horrible enemies, you just died. You're respawning right there. Yeah, you better hope you can get out of there quick with an item, or you're screwed. <laughs> Definitely. Then finally, we have theme and fun. I would give this a 4. 4.0. Even though I gave it a 2.0 for play control and a 4.5 in challenge factor, <laughs> I also gave it a 4.0 in theme and fun. I think it's, uh, you know, like, while I do enjoy the kind of, you know, goofy 90s wackiness, you mm -hmm. know, it's fine. But I'm like, this game wrapped in almost any skin I would still enjoy. Like, I just really like wandering around and exploring stuff and finding things. Well, I, I agree with you there. I think the skin they chose is really fun. It goes right up to the edge of what I will enjoy for this wacky 90s time right, period. Right, and right. the characters are kind of endearing. They have really cool uh, looks to them. Uh, there's not a lot of theming as far as levels are concerned, but right. there is just a really, you know, just a pure joy and fun and high-fiving your, your buddy and yeah. uh, and having them say hi to each other when you relink screens. Right, right, yeah. Th uh, there's just a, a lot of little touches that, that, you know, really bring a smile to your face as you, as you make your way through this game. And finally, Nick, I must ask, as I always do, should you play this game? I think so. Um, I don't think everyone will like it, I, but I think it's definitely worth a try because even if you would, if you watch it, it might, it might won't come through as well. You know what I mean? Like, it's something you really should get a buddy, try it, and play it. Screw around for an hour and see. You guys might like it and have a lot of fun. Yeah, I would say definitely not if you're going to be playing it solo. Right. But if you can play this two-player, try it. Don't go in there thinking you're going to be beating this game. 
today or tomorrow. But I would like you to check it out and just, you know, try a different slice of the gaming pie that, (laughs) you know, there weren't many options like this back in the day, especially on the Sega or the Mega Drive. True, it's true. Next week's game will be Crystallis or Crystallis. We promise, guys. Yeah, this for sure, man. For sure this time. Uh, don't worry, it's going to be a long one, so probably be two-parter. Yeah, so batten down your hatches. You don't have to get through all of it before next Wednesday. <laughs> uh, but find a copy of that game any way you can, guys. Finish it off. And remember, folks, if there's anything you want to talk to us about, you can wrap at us at cartridgecommand at gmail.com, and we'll wrap back at you. Yes. Of course, we are found on Facebook at Cartridge Command. We have a lot of uh, great commandos out there chatting with us about the games we've been talking about, the games they played as kids, and what they'd like to hear us talk about in the future. We also let you know when new episodes have dropped at Cart Command at the Twitterverse. We would love it if you subscribe to the show. We know many of you do. And uh, we're really excited about all the new listeners we're getting uh, out there in Australia, England, all over this awesome world, and all of our homegrown American listeners as well. (laughs) But it is those fine, wonderful folks that go to patreon.com slash cartridge command. It is those commandos that give their hard-earned ducats to us (laughs) and make this show financially possible every week. They're truly the funkiest of bunches. They are, and we always thank them from the bottom of our hearts. So thank you. And, as always, cartridge commandos, Game On! Birds! <laughs> I'll throw some tomatoes at them. Birds! Thank you.